Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Follow me at least digitally, on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio, where any minute of any day you can step into the day spa. <sighs> we'll be stepping into the day spa in just a few moments. Also, in about an hour from now, Doug Plagan's going to give you the call of the Panthers-Devils game. And in just a few minutes, we're going to hear from the Joe Rose Show talking to Major League Baseball Hall of Famer Andre Dawson. Also, the Dan Levitard Show with a great debate. Then Hawk and Crowder. Ooh, they're a little upset with the Panthers, so I don't know if they're going to be listening to that game in about an hour from now, but they should, because I feel as though the Panthers, they'll find a way to rebound tonight. Speaking of tonight and right now, let's rebound to some headlines. Andre Iguodala scored two in his return to the Bay Area as the Heat beat the Warriors 113-101. The Panthers gave up four unanswered goals last night in a 4-1 loss to Philly. Florida's lost four in a row. They play tonight at seven in New Jersey against the Devils. After just 76 days, former U.S. men's national team coach Jurgen Klinsmann has left the German Bundesliga's Hertha Berlin. Major League Baseball is mulling a change to its playoff system that could include expanding the field from 10 to 14 teams and a reality TV-style show where division leaders pick what wildcard team they will face. The Raptors won their 15th straight, defeating the Timberwolves 137-126 last night. They go for 16 tomorrow in Brooklyn. Inter Milan won the first court match in the naming rights battle between them and Inter-Miami CF. In other bad news for Miami forward, Julian Carranza will be out 10 to 12 weeks due to a foot injury. And now, as I mentioned earlier, it is time to step into the day spa. <sighs> Virginia lawmakers are working to make sex between unmarried people legal in their state. Now we can finally say with 100% certainty that Virginia is for lovers. A Wisconsin man has built a room onto his house to hold his thousands of dollars worth of Indiana Jones memorabilia. Yeah, I bet that is the room where all the magic happens. Ugh. The other day, two camels made a visit to the beach at Key Biscayne. Lock your kids up. It's Camel Spring Break. And today, it's Jennifer Aniston's bird day. Ooh, she's my hot mess of the day. <sighs> now on to weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast, cloudy with temperatures in the mid-70s. Win $25,000 cash at Hylia Park Casino. Get free entries every Saturday and earn more entries playing slots every day now through March 21st. Grand prize $25,000 giveaway Saturday, March 21st. Visit HyliaPark.com for details. If you didn't get up this morning early enough, maybe you were hungover, maybe you just needed some sleep, maybe you had something else going on, a little morning delight. I don't know. You missed the Joe Rose Show? I got you covered. This morning, they talked with South Florida legend and Major League Baseball Hall of Famer Andre Dawson, the Hawk. He was talking baseball memorabilia, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, sign-stealing scandals, and should they lift the ban on Pete Rose? 
We're going to talk to Hall of Famer Andre Dawson, local legend down here as well here in South Florida. Andre, good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Thank you, guys. Andre, great to have you, man. Really, uh, really appreciate it. By the way, before we get going, we were just talking about baseball memorabilia. You must have some great stuff, man, being in there. And did you collect anything when you were playing or even when you were done from Hank Aaron or any of those guys? You got any, like, valuable baseballs or bats that you collected? Well, you know, I didn't really get started until late. Uh, and that was actually after I left Montreal and went to Chicago. Uh, because it had no uh, important significance to me. But at the request of a good friend of mine, he thought I should do it uh, for my son. And at that point, I started uh, collecting Hall of Fame rookie baseball cards. And that led to bats, uh, baseballs. I I guess the second uh, 10 years of my career, I did a little bit more of it. You know, it can get to be pretty expensive when you start (laughs) talking about about memorabilia. So I kind of ventured in different directions with basketball, football, baseball. So I became a a collector of sports memorabilia in general. All right. So I got two guys I got to ask you about before we get into this other topic. Hank Aaron. You got anything, Hank Aaron? Actually, yes, I do. I have a signed uh, autograph painted jersey of Hank Aaron, and I, I don't like to I don't like to bother the guys too much. Again, I did it for my son, and yeah. that that kind of stuff gets addicting. I know from firsthand experience because I get requested a lot uh, for autographs, uh, especially on memorabilia. But uh, yeah, Hank Aaron was a childhood hero growing up. And, uh, of course, I wouldn't have a collection without Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and Mickey Mantle. That was the second one. Uh, my guy I grew up with. Did, did you get some Willie Mays stuff? The exact same thing. I painted oh, Willie Mays. Yeah, those two items I, I kind of cherish. But, again, they're not for <laughs> me. They were for my son. Yeah, no, listen. It's great. We were just talking about how valuable some of this uh, older baseball stuff is with some of these guys. I should have figured you, Hawk, you were going to have a bunch of that stuff, man. That's good stuff. Hey, uh, you ready to get into this one? Um, sign stealing. Stealing signs. Uh, not even the Astros right now. I want to go back. Was it common even when you were playing that guys would pick up and, and trying to go, hey, Hawk, don't sit on this fastball. He's going to throw you a breaking pitch. Did you ever know what was coming? No, well, you know, you sat on the bench and uh, you tried to visually see if a pitcher was tipping his pitches, uh, uh, if he was giving you any kind of indication of next pitch might be. Uh, and there were pitches uh, that would have a little different uh, type of delivery and uh, motion to the plate uh, that would indicate what kind of pitch may be coming. Uh, but no, there was no, no such thing, uh, not you know, when I was playing, where I just tried to say, hey, uh, that guy, uh, especially for guys that got on second base or on the base pads, i trying to deliberately give you signs. I personally just, you know, I, I was on top of the plate hitter. I wanted the ball in, middle half in to me, where I felt I could do most of my damage. So I didn't want to go up to the plate thinking that, okay, this is what a guy's going to throw when you're, and you're wrong and you're not able to react to a pitch that might be up and in. But for the most part, no. I think uh, during my era, that was usually uh, the way it went. You tried to see if a guy tipped his pitches and hope that that would benefit you when it, when it came time for you to go to the plate. So how much advantage would a batter get 
if he knew exactly what pitch was coming down the line every single time, basically. And now this happened, obviously, at home for the Astros, or that's what the uh, the whole incident is. But if you were up to bat and you knew what pitch was coming, fastball, curve, it didn't matter what it was. You knew it was coming. How much an advantage would you have had or does a batter have in that batter's box knowing what's coming? Oh, that's a huge advantage. The only adjustment you have to make is to make sure that the pitch is in the strike zone. Uh, so that narrows down the hitting area where uh, you're going to be looking for a particular pitch. And it also indicates that you either got to be quicker or you got to wait, uh, depending on if it's a fastball or a breaking ball. And you're going to have a quality swing. So if you completely know what pitch is coming, if it's in the strike zone, you know that's when you can really do a lot of damage because you're going to have an aggressive swing. I guess your take on it as uh, this whole sign stealing the Astros with the bang on the garbage can or the bang, bang, or maybe a bang, 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 here it comes. Uh, how much would that help Andre Dawson knowing that? Tell you what, I, I had quick hands, a quick bat, and I could usually make adjustments. So if I knew exactly what was coming, uh, oh, my God, I, I would <laughs> think to say, you know, the guy out there is in a lot of trouble. 438 <laughs> career home runs might have been 638 at that point. That's the way I look oh, at that. Oh, man. Right. Well, Andre, what do, you, what do you think? Fair punishment for what's happened to the Astros? Or what are you thinking? Blatant cheating? uh because everybody's trying to say, oh, it's been around forever. What do you th- What are your thoughts on this whole Astros thing? I don't agree with that uh, and seeing that it's been around forever because this is really taking it to an entirely different level. And, of course, you know, it, it got them to uh, an incredible season, uh, postseason play, one in the World Series. The, the punishment to me wasn't enough. I think there has to be ramifications for the players involved. It's funny because uh, a pitcher would be the leak source, uh, knowing that, well, uh, now these guys are going to be the enemy when you're not with the team anymore, and you may have to go and uh, face these guys. But I think uh, for sure the World Series should have been forfeited. Yeah, if you're the opposing team, if you're the Yankees or the Dodgers, and you find out years later that this was happening in such an elaborate scheme to steal these signs with banging on the dugout and a video, taking video, whatever it is, I'd be pissed too, Don Mattingly, any of the managers of these teams. And yeah, but we, we haven't heard it from anyone yet, and we've talked about it here, about vacating the titles or, or this and that but it's just not something that's come out yet no one else has said it no one else has come out and pretty much said that and it's weird to me that no one else has because of the elaborate cheating scheme that happened well exactly and you know people don't want to really talk about it because now you're talking about cheating especially the players those that are involved they're not going to comment too much they're going to let the investigation however uh, it may uh, go they're going to let the commissioner decide on that. You know, fans have a voice, uh, players have a voice, media have a voice, and it's funny that, you know, no one wants to go down that road. Andre, I want to ask you this one. This one just popped up. Pete Rose says, hey, man, 31 years. Let me back in the game. What are your thoughts on uh, on Pete at this? Have they changed, you think, between you and other Hall of Famers through the years? How's everybody feel about Pete Rose getting into the Hall of Fame? Well, the consensus is the rules were broken, and uh, that one of the rules of uh, being Hall of Fame worthy. There are some Hall of Famers that discredit that, saying that, you know, it's a museum and it has nothing to do with him being out on the playing field. I was always a good friend of Pete Rose. I felt that he did belong in the Hall of Fame for what he did out on the field. I never knew or got too concerned or involved about, you know, what kind of information uh, that they had on Pete or what he did do, what he didn't do. You know, I do know he's a wonderful guy. He was 
highly respected in the game. You know, with that, I just always felt that he was all worthy. I got one more. You're, we're on a roll today, Andre. You ready for one more here? Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, and the steroid gang came up short again this year. Do you think they, at some point, were a very forgiving society? You think those guys get in here in the, in the near future? Well, I'll tell you, I firmly believe that if they're not voted in uh, by the writers, it's going to be tough for them to get in by the committee because, again, the consensus of all the uh, different uh, Hall of Famers that are living is that, um, you know, they really, really took to heart to break that rule. They don't really condone, they don't support that because of, you know, it was done for selfish reasons. Uh, it was done for, mainly for a lot of monetary reasons. Uh, they were already... Uh, destined for fame, you know, it cast a dark cloud at a critical time on the game itself. And the Hall of, it just doesn't sit well with all the famous. Andre, okay, so in those three instances, the Pete Rose scandal, the steroid era, or what's going right now on with the Houston Astros, out of those three, which is the worst? Which is the worst that baseball's seen? If you had to, if you had to kind of say this was, out of those three, this is the worst thing that's happened to baseball. I think the steroid era, because it just, started to really damage the history of the game itself. And that was, you know, guys breaking records, winning awards, that particular sort of and yeah, people say, well it was good for baseball and that scenario uh, itself I think leads me to believe that that was the most damaging. This thing that, you know, just recently occurred, uh, baseball will get beyond that. It's just got a team, two teams, uh, for a couple of years. But uh, you know, you never know how long Deros was in the game until the owner I mean the um, uh, commissioner really stepped in and tried to enforce and clean up the game itself. Andre, you know what we ought to make them all do? I was just think I was thinking about you. Put them on that nasty artificial turf in Montreal for about five years. Let them play in that crap you played on. That cement. How'd you steal so many bases on that cement? It was pretty bad. They didn't change it until after I left. Of course. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it aided to, I had 13 knee surgeries throughout the course of my, my playing career, and I think over half of those were in Montreal, but the damage had already been done. I just had to pick my spots. They didn't really want me to just get on the base pads and go crazy, but I still had uh, good enough speed uh, to steal a base. So I picked pick my spots I think when it was when it was crucial or if the team really needed a stolen base. You know it's amazing even at the end when you're with the Marlins watching you still throw a baseball I know your knees were hurting but that cannon man they don't give that cannon to everybody Hawk that cannon you were carrying around can you <laughs> can you still throw it okay at this age in the 60s can you still can you still rip it if you have to Joe let me tell you let me just say this. I ain't jogging anymore and, and no I ain't throwing nothing I messed up my rotator cut in the gym right after I retired. Then I re-injured it in one of those Pizza Hut softball games. And then I got <laughs> I got hit in the head with a ball that I lost in the life at one of those uh, in the life in one of those softball games. And my wife called me. My wife said, "Hey, homie, I think it's time you retire." <laughs> That's the best yeah, story so. today, right there. You got hit in the head in a softball game wow. a couple of years ago. So no, all I'm doing now is I do I do my cardio the light weight. You know, just trying to keep gravity yeah. from. Down. Yeah. Right. Andre, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate your take on all these topics and everything else. Really appreciate it. It's good talking to you, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Anytime. I can remember when Andre Dawson did play baseball. Of course, he doesn't anymore like he just said, but whoo, he could play. And you can play around with the Joe Rose Show 
every single morning right here at 560 to Joe from 6 to 10. More details at our website, wqam.com. Also at the website, you can download the podcast for that show, this show, or any of the shows on the radio station. Also, you can go to the radio.com app, or you can download podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Up next, the Dan Levitard Show has a great debate. Here's a taste of it. But if he dedicates, and they have, the rest of the season to Kobe Bryant, and they win a title this year for Kobe Bryant, would that possibly make LeBron bigger in that market than Kobe I don't Bryant? Think I- Further discussion on that coming up at 624. So run to the bathroom real quick or stick right here with us here on 560 The Joe. This is the Best of the Joe Show. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Please give me a follow on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. I will make it worth your while. Very worthwhile birthday mention to Kelly Rowland. Got to get on that Destiny's Child bootylicious because Kelly Rowland, she is bootylicious. Speaking of that, Doug Plagans will have a bootylicious call of the Panthers and the Devils coming up at 7 o'clock, so stick around for that. Always good to hear some hockey action right here on WQAM. It's always good to hear the Dan Levitard Show weekdays from 10 to 1. I got the best of the best from what they were talking about today, like, could LeBron be more legendary than Kobe in L.A.? And this next topic, I'm partial, so I'm not going to weigh in, but will Zion Williamson be great or just meh? Stugatz wants to talk about whether LeBron, if he wins one for Kobe, can be bigger in Los Angeles than Kobe. I'm just wondering. I'm asking the question. I mean, I feel like perhaps I know the answer, but if he dedicates, and they have, the rest of the season to Kobe Bryant, and they win a title this year for Kobe Bryant, would that possibly make LeBron bigger in that market than Kobe I don't Bryant? Th- I literally do not think that there is a single thing that LeBron James could ever do that's reasonable, right? Not winning the next 10 titles. I don't think there's a single thing that LeBron James could ever do, nothing, that would make him surpass Kobe Bryant, what his legacy is. And I saw, I too thought it was really cool this weekend, the photograph that was taken of him. Amazing. uh, A a beautiful artistic photograph, a scissor kicking in the air, a perfect sports photograph. But I also found wonderful as LeBron James is out here saying, look, the spirit of Kobe exists in all of us. Uh, His encyclopedic sort of knowledge of the past, his ability 19 years after the fact on a fast break to re create the physicality of a Kobe Bryant dunk where he was doing it um, in memory of Kobe Bryant and it looked like Kobe Bryant in terms of artistic style but I don't, I'm trying to come up with what is the hypothetical someone give me the hypothetical thing that could happen that would even allow us to entertain the idea that LeBron James could be bigger in Los Angeles than Kobe Bryant given the emotional never mind the recent stuff Stugatz right. which is just overwhelming emotionally the emotional connection that that city has to him 
is based on seeing him go from a teenager to a legend. They saw the whole thing. Right. He only did it on their watch. He made messes along the way. He was demanding to be traded at one point. He shooed Shaquille O'Neal out of town. But once he won the championship. He almost with, signed with the Clippers. Once he won the championship without Shaq after pushing Shaq out of town, after saying publicly while teammates with Shaq, something you never see. This guy's fat. He doesn't care enough. While teammates with him. Like, right. it's just not something ever see. And then to win a championship after, after he gets rid of Shaq. Yeah. I mean, I guess just the timing of it and the impact that it had and the impact he had, Kobe had on that market. I'm just, I, I was just wondering, like, if LeBron could win one for Kobe this year, would that, you know, catapult him ahead of Kobe Bryant in terms of popularity? I feel like Kobe, Probably not. I, I feel like Kobe's spirit would get more credit than LeBron would for that. Really? That people would say it was, uh, you know, destined to be and do all those maudlin things as if they uh, soothe anyone's pain who is actually grieving the loss, a loved one. But can any of you come up with the hypothetical? Because I don't believe winning. First of all, you'd have to win more championships for Los Angeles, you guys. And there's not there's not even time to do that. Yeah, no, I know. But Kobe winning, won five. I know. But winning a championship this year dedicated to Kobe yeah, but Bryant saying, and the Bryant family. Yeah, but you're saying like in order to surpass Kobe, he has to dedicate something no, to Kobe. To, <laughs> no, he's bringing he's bringing feel good to a place that feels miserable yeah, right but it, now. But it, but it will all be for Kobe. It's it's fine. He's he's going to be in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, you're going to be in Kobe Bryant's shadow. I think he kind of I don't know if he knew it to this degree, but considering how much time he has left on his career, it's impossible to sort of surpass Kobe's influence. Certainly now. By the way, I don't know if you guys know this. Stugatz is not sure about Zion. He's uh, black. He's not sure. And he's not sure about Zion's future. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good transition. I see a guy out there. I'm going back to the game he recently played against the Bucks, And I realize Giannis can do that to a lot of people. But Zion, he's just, pudginess does not help. It's not really. The limping it's, around it's the not, court, not that really. white thing he has on his leg. I just, I don't know if this guy, it, it's sloppy. I'm going to say it. It sucks. It's just all of it is sloppy. And I don't know if he's going to turn into this generational player we all thought he was going to be. Next LeBron, next Michael, next Kobe, next this. Uh, I don't think, I, I'm not certain the sniff test is not something that he has passed for me. What I mean, does he, he just have hasn't his, done it. What does he have on his legs, the guts? I mean, he's got this, like, white thing around his leg, but it's like, it's not a perfect fit. It's but what is sloppy. You're, you're not, okay, but when what he is wears the, a suit, I imagine a half the shirt is hanging Wait. out. It's not all tucked in. It's not all put together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not at all. Yeah. No. I, I don't think a lot of people would look at Zion Williamson and say pudgy. I, I, I don't know what other word to... Um, I think there's some baby would. fat there. Yeah, I mean, most would. Yeah. It's part of his, it's part of his deal. Thank you. Pudgy? I mean, and Giannis just, I mean, first off, there was it was kind of cute to see Zion Williamson. He could not believe he was on the same court as Giannis. Like, he has found himself at times, by his own admission, like, these are guys that grew up watching, which is really funny considering he grew up Gian watching Giannis. Giannis is like 25, <laughs> isn't he? Giannis is also very young. Um, you talk about the freak show spectacle, though, of the NBA and these human beings who are sized differently than anyone you've ever met in your life. And Zion Williamson is one of them. There was something funny that happened yesterday in the Dallas games. Did you guys see this where... 
a basketball got stuck somewhere that people couldn't reach uh, behind the backboard. And so they bring out Porzingis with a stick because we don't want to do it with a ladder, but it's a little high up. And so Porzingis is what, 7'3", seven, 7'4", seven, like yeah. but he couldn't get it out. So then they summon Boban. <laughs> and, right, in terms of the, the freak show spectacle. Uh, and so you guys think that this is funny, right? Porzingis has to get out of the way so that Boban's got some sort of pole that he's trying to get the ball with. And then you know who's laughing hardest on the sidelines? That uh, the, the little person, J.J. Barea, is laughing on the sidelines. Ah, LeBron's nemesis. Yes, LeBron's nemesis. Thank you, Stugat. <laughs> I appreciate the uselessness of that commentary with an, uh, a fake insincere, ah, with you hitting from the notes, uh, ah, LeBron's nemesis. Just so lazy. Zion shooting 60% from the field. He does. Every time you look up, he goes 9 for 11. And Stugat's <laughs> down here calling him pudgy. and it's sloppy, uh, man. Sloppy, pudgy, and walking with a limb with a white thing on his leg. Uh, listen, it's hanging off. It's dangling. It's not tight on the but leg. I, I, I just feel like that is excellent analysis for you to t- carve out the position no one else is taking, questioning Zion Williamson and not having anything in terms of facts on your side other than the white thing on his leg. <laughs> and the shirt's not all the way tucked in. <laughs> Billy, what are you doing back there? Why do I have the skeptical Billy face? I don't face? even know what he's doing. Oh, Billy, you know short. what I'm doing. Oh, Billy, Billy. When you look at Zion Williamson, are you seeing LeBron James? Are you seeing Michael Jordan? Are you seeing Kobe Bryant? Are you even seeing Shaquille O'Neal? I mean, like, are you seeing the next you're going generational to the top, player? Like the top players well, ever? Well, no, but that's where he's supposed to be. I didn't see that initially in their first few yeah. games, too. Oh, you knew right away with MJ. Yes. Trust me. Right no, you away. didn't. Yeah, he, you they spent right six years criticizing yeah, him. You knew, right, you knew eventually what happened with MJ. Not, I'm not certain it will ever happen. He was with called Zion. a bull hog the first six years. But you knew it would happen. Same with Kobe. Same with Shaq. Uh, same with same Magic. with Kobe. He was Kobe off the was bench. Off the bench. At the beginning, Kobe had moments where he took over games, and you knew he shot air balls in the playoffs to lose against Utah. Yeah, but they were pretty air balls. I'm telling you. I mean, the hang time, all of it. I mean, just bad shots, bad shots. But you knew eventually. It was going to happen with Zion. I'm not certain if it's ever going to happen. I'm He's sorry. the Nigerian vegetable vendor. He knows everything after it's happened. It's quite the reference. If you don't get the Nigerian vegetable vendor, I will have to explain it to you. It was a Nigerian guy who sold vegetables, and somebody was selling human meat out of a nearby market, and he went to the papers and said, I knew they were doing that. I knew all along. I knew all along that something, something was, was up, up, that human meat was being sold next door. That is Stugatz, the Nigerian vegetable vendor. When Kobe shot those air balls in the playoffs, I knew he was going to be one of the best the players died, ever. Dad, right. well, but now, see, what I'm doing is I'm doing it on the front end with Zion. And so 10 years from now, we all say, wow, Zion like, yeah, didn't live like, up to expectations. Like I told with, you so. Like you did I mean. with Mahomes. I know all along Zion is going to be great. Once again, I'm a little partial. Originally from New Orleans, my favorite team is the New Orleans Pelicans. They are playing tonight, and it is Jersey Tuesday, a tradition we have here at the radio station where we try to wear jerseys on Tuesday. So what jersey am I wearing? With all that being said, a Justice Winslow Heat jersey. Trying to get my money's worth out of it before it's just totally useless, although it's already kind of totally useless. But I feel as though the wound is still kind of fresh, so... Justice Winslow Heat Jersey it is. Bringing the heat, Hawk and Crowder, weekdays from 3 to 6 here on 560 The Joe. Up next, going to hear from them. Ooh, they've got some Panthers animosity. 
Hopefully that will all change later in the evening when the Panthers play the Devils. Doug Plagans will have the call for that at 7. But first, we will play that Hawk and Crowder next on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and why am I playing Lincoln Park? Well, because it's Mike Shinoda's 43rd birthday. So happy birthday to Mike Shinoda. Unfortunately, Lincoln Park still kind of regathering after the unfortunate death of vocalist Chester Bennington, but they do a little bit here and there, so we'll just see. We'll take our time. Once again, Lincoln Park, one of the great ones, Mike Shinoda. Happy birthday. 43. Other great musicians, HR from the Bad Brains. He's 64 today. Boris Pickett on this day in 1938 was born. Boris Pickett, the Monster Mesh. Cheryl Crow, she's celebrating a birthday and maybe not so much musical, but great entertainer and lived here in South Florida. Burt Reynolds, it's his birthday. He was born on this day in 1936. I love them all. Maybe don't love Boris Pickett so much, but I didn't really know him that much. Monster Mash, a classic, though. So happy birthday to them. And if you're celebrating your birthday today, happy birthday to you. It's always happy times with the Hawk and Crowder Show. Bet you they're excited about tonight's Panthers game. Doug Plagan's going to have the pregame for you in just about 20 minutes. Although Hawk and Crowder love the Panthers, they're also a little angry at them. They'll get into that. Plus Crowder on Crowder. And Tua, he's looking good. Florida Panthers are pissing me off. (laughs) So Bobrovsky's up seven. They are pissing me off, Did man. You, you enjoy that seven, that seven goal? Have they lost four in a row now? Yeah. Four in a row. They, I, I mean, come on. Come on. I and and I don't even know. I'm not gonna spend a, a ton of time on this, but I don't even know. You got Coach Quenville, so now you got the coach. Yeah. You got Sasha Barkov. You got Vinny Trocek. You no, got no, Sergei no. Bobrovsky. Sergei Bobrovsky's the one I want to get into. Yeah, I mean, that's the guy and and 70 million. I mean, he was the missing piece. Right, because Lou was you know starting to falter last season. Who was their uh, Who was their backup last Reimer. season? Yeah, James Reimer. Reimer. Like it, it, I'm getting pissed off here. George is getting pissed off. He should be. I mean, if they if they, if they don't make the playoffs with this roster and that head coach and that goalie, I mean, what do you do? They're just snake bit. I, you can't, Robrovsky. You can't take that money away, man. I'm pissed. It's, it's in the <laughs> I'm net, like man. Pat Riley in that press conference. We, I'm pissed. We talked to everybody last week, and Goldie, Goldie's been on it for a while. He's yep. like Bobrovsky, Bob, not Bobby, Bob, Bob. Bob has to play better. Yep. Bob has. He's had some good games, but no, he has not been as advertised, and he has not been no. worth the money. And that's what it is. Oh, the defense is letting him down in this. Yes, or sooner or later, one of them damn dudes are gonna come down that ice with that puck in his hitting his his stick. And you have to stop it from going in the net behind you. Bobrovsky is the problem. I'm uh, I'm pissed. So, anyway, we'll talk about that uh, at some point with someone, maybe. I don't know. Heat got a much-needed win last night. I think Brian Geltzeiler was correct yesterday. We had Geltzy, the uh, the hoops critic, on with us yesterday, and he said Jay Crowder is going to be more, going to mean more to the Heat than Andre Iguodala, and I think he's right. I know, small sample size, but Jay Crowder seems like a Heat guy, and oh, yeah. I've always liked him anyway, but he's knocking down threes like he's Steph Curry. It's funny. When somebody has your last name, you want them to succeed. Right. And if people ask me all the time, are y'all related? No, he just has dreads and yeah. they're both black. But, but is he the... That's uh, about it. He's Bro, certainly he can... the most most popular Crowder in town right now. No. He is, he's, he's taking, he's taking Solana, the mantle I'm, from Bro, you. you said it yesterday and you tweeted it. 
<laughs> Bro, he's been here four days. I think he's more popular than he you got, right now. He got me in four days. Didn't we have this conversation when I said I was the most famous person at the Panthers game a few nights ago, and you said John Conjemi is more famous than I am? He got you, big dog. I don't think so. Well, if if John Conjemi has me, then Jay Crowder's got you in but popularity. John Conjemi's been down here his whole life. He went to St. Thomas. I think this text sums it up best. Stop a damn puck, Bob. Yes. I'm with that text. The seven eight six nine five four. I can't even get my text line up because I'm slow motion. <laughs> Whatever your number is, I'm with you. Bob I, uh, has to stop that little black biscuit from going in the net behind him. I think uh, I think I got to make a new T-shirt for honkedofflikeagoose.com. Stop a damn puck, Bob. Yes. Come on, Bob. He got a glove. All that crap on his legs. Do a little split and put your glove up. Somebody uh, texts in. They want to know how your mouth is doing, Solana. You've uh, you had the gum procedure on Fridays. Today is Tuesday. So how are you feeling? I'm back to 100. <laughs> percent We were talking before the show, and he told us yesterday. If Dan Day doesn't get that for the weekly recap. You have not done your job. He uh, he hurts to laugh. I was trying my best to make him laugh. I mean, he is. I like. I asked him to pull down his lip so I could see his gums. He's like, I can't do it. Um, and I asked him what he's eaten like for the last night, whatever, just protein shakes and yogurt. Like he is hurting. And so your periodontist heard the show yesterday. Yeah, Brad. Uh, Brad. Brad's. I don't know if he's <laughs> too happy with me. Like I, I might be. Yeah, because uh, the jig is up. Yes. No, Brad got found out. That's why Brad called you because he he got found out. Brad's a professional. Okay, yeah. so yes, I yes. have the utmost confidence. Professional fleecer in Brad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your gums adjusted. He's a professional uh, bunko artist. Twenty-one. What? Um, a lot of talk this morning on ESPN's Get Up about Tua Tagovailoa. I was watching that i'm really fascinated it was uh Keyshawn johnson because they asked him like who who's his favorite quarterback Tua or joe burrow and he said i think he said from he say from or who's the other one um herbert herbert that's who he said he likes herbert herbert over the both of them really and and uh who was saying it may have been darlington jeff darlington was on they were saying that after the combine watch Teams are going to fall in love with Herbert because he's prototypical-looking QB guy. And, uh, yeah, Keyshawn, what, because the, the conversation was kind of what you were saying yesterday when that tweet came out for me in Rappaport that said, Tua Tagovailoa, it couldn't be going better. The hip is healed and whatever, couldn't be going better. And you said, well, does Cincinnati start having the, the discussion now, maybe Tua over Joe Burrow? Because maybe he's better. And they were kind of having that conversation this morning on Get Up, and Keyshawn's like, you're missing the boat. It's Herbert. I, I watched Herbert. He played Auburn early in the season. I watched the bowl game. He's going to look great in the combine. He's huge. Prototypical QB. Yes. He's going to have a strong arm. He's going to look like he has pocket presence. He looks. He go, he's going to talk well. Yep. He has the little, the little white man pushover yep. when he splits it on, splits it right over here by his temple and push it over. He's going to look good. I'm not sold on Herbert. I'm bigger on Fromm than Herbert, and Fromm upset me this year. I'm an SEC guy. Right. Fromm balled out last year. This year? So out of those four, if you had the first pick. Everybody's healthy yeah Tua, Tua, bro but but we don't Joe i mean burrow did this he did it for 13 games Tua stepped in at halftime of the national championship game and brought alabama back to win it when jalen hurts people forget that minus these hips Tua would have looked just as good or better than burrow this year when you look at the film the percentage the completion percentage of 73 percent anybody that wants to throw out numbers at me on joe burrow go watch how the offense ran and i don't want to what was it joe brady the guy that came from the saints he did an amazing job 
everything was quick. They had all American receivers in LSU, and their receivers are going to go high as well. Like, and some of them are young. They can't even leave. Well, how do people forget about Tua with a hip injury? If he is 100%, he is more proven. He's done more. He's been in more big games. He's done he, – his career is more impressive than Joe Burrow, but now the hip is a question. Right. I don't disagree, but there is that recency bias. I mean, yeah. Joe Burrow in that national championship game – looked like Tom Brady playing against high school kids. Oh, it, I mean, it, he looked that good. It's saying, is Deshaun Watson good? Right. Um, yeah, he's real good. Is he better than Aaron Rodgers? No, he's not better than Aaron like, Right, 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 we're, right. We're, we're, we're putting, not right. We're not saying one's bad and one's good. You're just trying to figure out if you're if you're trying to stock your franchise with a franchise quarterback for the next 10, 15 years, and you do think two is healthy, and that seems to be the reports, and now you're going to get closer to draft time. So if you're a front office, assuming he's healthy, and all the doctors say he is as good as new, there is no chance is he injury? I mean, anyone can get injured, obviously. Yeah. But there's no chance that that injury itself is going to cause a weakening of the hip or it's going to, you know, uh, uh, cause a, a uh, detrimental uh, career for him. Like, if they're both equal, people are going to have to start having that conversation about Tua or Joe Burrow. And after the combine, you may be including more quarterbacks in that conversation. I, and I, that's why I love to look at people's film. That combine will trick you. Yeah. Bunch of linebackers that went higher than me got tricked. The combine was like, did you watch film or are you looking at combine stuff? Right, because like, it's not exactly the no, same as being out on the field. Like Daryl Blackstock was saying, yeah, he can you know, he can jump. I was like, Daryl Blackstock? This dude doesn't make a tackle. Daryl Blackstock. Do you have, Solana, that conversation from Get Up this morning? This is um, a roundtable discussion. It starts with Mike Greenberg, and then I think it goes to Laura Rutledge, and then it goes to Bobby Carpenter, and then it goes to Jeff Darlington. And this is about Tua and his him coming out and being healthy and here's uh here's from ESPN's get up this morning fill us in on as far as the medical test we got back yesterday yeah he's doing really well and in the fracture fully healed which I think is the really important part with this hip injury you wanted to see that just really be structurally where they want it to be for the further health of Tua and and you know to go back to what's consistently been said by the doctors who are very close to this he's been ahead of schedule through all of this and also is in a scenario where he's doing fantastic I mean, those words have been used. So now we're at the point where you can start doing more athletic-based rehab instead of just the general rehab for this hip. It's a huge step in the right direction for Tua. He's got tremendous upside, and everybody looks at this, and before this season, he was supposed to be the guy. I cannot get over, though, the fact that he has had two ankle surgeries and a hip surgery. And you know what? None of these things really seem to be related, Green. So I'm not saying, you know what, that he's going to have another issue with his ankle or his hip's going to give him a problem. It may be something completely unrelated, and that is the biggest problem to me. He's immensely talented. I think he has a bigger upside with Joe Burrow. Bigger I'm upside. I'm just worried, will we ever get to see the peak of that upside given his injury history? I am very interested to see what the Chargers do if they're willing to go from 6-3 to three to go get Tua. All I keep hearing about is the reason that Phillip Rivers is no longer with the Chargers is because Anthony Lynn wants a guy with escapability. He wants mobility. He wants everything that Tua is. This feels like the spot if the Chargers can go from 6-3 to three that's what we should be watching as the traffickers go. That's Jeff Darlington. Um, 
you know, from ESPN now, and you stood in his wedding, I believe. Yeah. Um, I Jeff- said a, some line off some old rock oh, song. Oh, yeah, didn't wedding. you do like a Phil Collins song or yeah, something? Yeah, it was something weird I did at his wedding. I almost stepped on his grandma's dress, too. Um, Jeff Darlington says I, something I was there drinking. That's, uh, that's probably something to be concerned about for Dolphins fans, which is that they really covet Tua Tagovailoa, and that's what Anthony Lynn is looking for. They could offer whatever they can offer for that number three pick. Detroit's yeah. going to sell that pick, and you may have to part with stuff that you find unpalatable, Dolphins fans. I mean, the last thing you want to do is end up, after this season, not getting the quarterback that you covet. Now, you may find out, again, that the Dolphins coveted Herbert the whole time. From the whole time. I, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out, but it's it's going to get interesting now with Tua, with the reports, you know, yeah, he's healthy, he's healthy, he's healthy. It's going to get really interesting here. And with the Chargers going from 6 to three, the Dolphins have more draft capital. They have more they assets. They do, but do you want to give it up to move two spots? Yes, yes. I, honestly, when, since I've been doing radio, I figured this out. You have to have a quarterback that'll win your game. We saw it in the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Those two quarterbacks, about, what, three minutes left in the third quarter? Jimmy had the lead. But what happened? You see it with the Miami Hurricanes every season. If you do not have that quarterback, you can't do it. You have to get your side. If we go back and look at the playoff teams, and I know you're going to question Tannehill, and I'll question Tannehill too, with that big-ass 260-pound defensive end toting the ball by the name of Derrick Henry. Yes, it was – it was old school, but they it sh- they showed their hand in the AFC Championship game. Correct. Like, I agree. You I, see what happens. I'm with you. I'm just saying, like, and I want to in the worst way. Would you give up all three to move up two slots? No, because San Diego can't. You give one more. So you give, give, give one. Whatever San Diego offers the Lions, and you know your, they're going to move up. So what they offer? Give this, two picks and move up two slots. And you move up to what they offer because San Diego doesn't have a they don't have a second first round. Right, but who knows what they have to package? We'll have to start looking at the machinations. So if they offer this year's first and next year's first, and maybe players like you don't know what they have to offer. Like they're they're it's going to be interesting. I'm telling you because if they want that, you can jump them. You have so much you can jump. I em. agree. Three first this year. Not what two first next year. The Dolphins cannot be beat to get any higher than they want to. Only question would be Cincinnati at one because one's gonna. I think one's gonna be a king's ransom to get to one. Yeah, I don't think they're going to give that up. But to get to three, whatever San Diego offers, I if I'm Chris Greer, and I believe Chris Greer's done this already, he's talked to the Lions and said, hey, if anybody offers you to jump to three, let me know, and I'll give you a little more a little cherry on top. Right, don't, don't sell that pick without coming to me. Two ones and a two. Okay, we'll give you two ones. We'll give you a two and a three. They And they can do it, and they'll still have Plenty 10, of picks. 10 yep. 12 picks. Hawk and Crowder can be heard weekdays from 3 to 6 here on 560 The Joe. And good news, the day spa going to be a weekly regular segment on the Hawk and Crowder show. Got a special day spa coming up in about five minutes at 790 The Ticket if you want to hear that. I will be joined by Alex Dano, Rashad Butler, and B. Monroe. And, of course, if you missed the day spa earlier, download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. If you want to hear the Panthers and the Devils, that's about five minutes away. Doug Plagans, K-Raj, Danny G on the call. I am Dan Day. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.